So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production. Being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada, County Limerick. And this, it is the 12th of July, the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley, and help me to present the programme again this morning. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're very good, very good. Even though it's a bit of July, we're doing okay. We're getting, getting on with whatever we have to get on with these days as best we can. We especially want to welcome our listeners who are housebound, uh, and we say this every week, and we mean it every week, because we hear from them. Those who are lonely and those who are struggling in some way. Those who maybe listen to us on Sunday night especially. I know there's a good few people who tell me that they're listening on Sunday night, some of, some of whom might be maybe working a shift work during the week and happen to be on their way home. Come home and finish off the evening by listening to us on Sacred Space. You're, you're very welcome, and thanks again for joining us, and we hope you'll get something from us as we go through the programme today. Just a reminder to listeners, our, our programme is broadcast on West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And the podcasts of our programme are just some of the Come and See Inspirations podcasts available for playback and download on our Come and See Inspirations podcast page. To get that, the simplest way of doing it is to Google Come and See Inspirations and you'll find us there. Just to again remind listeners, our 10 a.m. slot every Sunday morning for the foreseeable future will um, include broadcasting of Mass from Abbeyfield Parish. And we thank you, dear Father, Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners of Abbeyfield Parish for allowing us to share the Mass with us. So that's going to continue at least for the month of July, and then we'll, we'll review it then and see what the restrictions or, or how public Masses um, pan out. But, in the, but that's 10 a.m. Sunday mornings. Our, this programme, the one we are recording, will go out as usual, 11pm on Sunday night. As usual, uh, part of our, our um, programme would be Saints of the Week, and Shane's going to share those in a few seconds with us. We also read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. Today, uh, in part two of the programme, I'm going to broadcast, we're going to broadcast an interview that I conducted actually about four or five, six weeks ago with a couple who are members of the Emmanuel community, and they share their faith story with us. Barbara, Barbara Hanley and, um, and Jared Hanley. Barbara is a hairdresser and Jared is a train driver. But they're going to share their journey, their, their, their faith story with us anyway in part two. If you want to contact us at all during the week, and please do so, 87 6088 That's 087 6088 or email, email us at come and see at gmail.com. Now, Shane, what part of the world are we, or what century are we going to visit as you bring us through the saints for this week? Uh, it's a varied ones, I have to say. Uh, so we'll see how we go. So, uh, as you said, today is the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. <clears throat> of course, it's a glorious 12th up north, and uh, although that celebration is technically tomorrow. So for those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week three. Um, so Monday the 13th is the Feast of St. Henry. Henry, we're, we're, we're entering into July now. For the next couple of weeks, we're, quite, we're going to have quite a number of what these are called these royal saints, uh, kings and queens and so on and so forth that have been canonized over the years. So Henry is associated with Bavaria and was ultimately crowned Holy Roman Emperor. He died in 1024. He was Duke of Bavaria, uh, regarded as very much being a just ruler, particularly in comparison to his father, who was a rather um, awkward, contrarian individual. Um, he 
Henry inherited or took the throne of Holy Emperor after his cousin, the death of Otho. And then he was succeeded by his brother because he had no children with his own wife. And he died in 1024 and is regarded as being a man who led great reforms in both church and state at the time. Tuesday is the Feast of St. Camillus de Lelis, I think is how you pronounce the man's name. <clears throat> so he died in 1614. Described as a rough-tempered and a gambler in his early life as a soldier, converted at the age of 25. And then under the guidance of St. Philip Neri, went on to become a priest and worked for the sick with two companions, eventually setting up the servants of the sick, now and of course known today as the Chameleons. And it is, of course, this is the gentleman who the hospital, the St. Camillus Hospital in Limerick, is named after. Um, so he's patron of nurses, hospitals and the sick. And uh, they work very much in chaplaincy to the sick and support to the sick around the world. Then on Wednesday, we have the feast day of St. Bonaventure, one of the great doctors of the church, a Franciscan saint, uh, born in Tuscany, so he's Italian, died in uh, 1274, minister general of the Franciscans, so that means he was the head honcho and stood as a successor to St. Francis of Assisi. Um, he was a theologian at the Council of Lyon and died actually before that council actually finished. Very much um, a man who was a friend of individ interesting individuals. He was a friend of Thomas Aquinas, a friend of St. Louis IX, and he, um, he was friendly with Pope Gregory X as well. De turned down being appointed Archbishop of York, and as I said, he died um, in, on the 15th of July in 1274 in Lyon in France. Then on Thursday, we have one of the big feasts, of course. It is the feast day of Our Lady of Mount, under her title of Mount Carmel. Very much, of course, dedicated uh, to the celebration and of the scapula, very much associated, of course, with the scapula of Mount Carmel and the orders that bear that name. So there are two two branches of the family. You have the Discalced Carmelites and the Order of, of, of Carmelites, the white, known as the White Friars. Um, obviously, very much associated with the scapula. And that is the, the, the brown scapular, of course, and the promises that are associated with it for those that leave, lead a life of faithful dedication and uh, to the promises that are made. So um, it's very much, of course, Carmelite community is associated with St. Elijah, dedicated very much with, the, uh, with the, the, the monastic foundation of their community under Albert of Jerusalem on the Mount, Car Mount Carmel, which is actually very close to Haifa in the Holy Land. Then on Friday, we have the feast day of St. Marcelina. Now, Marcelina is an interesting one. She was the elder sister of St. Ambrose of Milan. She moved, she was originally, she was born or grew up in France and Gaul, and she moved to Italy and where she was raised by her older brothers. She was a consecrated virgin, so that's kind of like a nun, kind of is a loose term. Um, receiving the veil from Pope Liberius on Christmas Day 353 in St. Peter's Basilica, but she never entered the cloister. And she died um, in 398 of natural causes. She's buried in the crypt under the, um, in, the, um, in the Basilica in Milan, the Duomo. And it's interesting, she's known in history because St. Ambrose dedicated his treatises on holy virginity to her. Then on the, that's St. That's Marcelina. And then finally, John, on Saturday, 
we have, and we're going to an interesting one. We're going to Albania. We have the feast day of Blessed Alphonse Traki. Um, an interesting guy, born to a family with deep roots in the military, studied in Bosnia, priest of the Archdiocese of, I'm not even going to pronounce that, he was a priest of one of the Archdioceses in Albania in 1920. Very much, very much known for working with young people and youth groups, opened a high school, very much combated the tradition of the blood, the vendetta, the blood vengeance and feuds in, um, in Albania. Uh, worked with young seminarians and was killed with a group of them during the anti-Christian communist persecutions after the end of the Second World War. So he died in 1946 and he was beatified by Pope Francis in 2016 um, in, at a ceremony in the square of the cathedral in, in Albania. So that's who we have, John, in terms of the saints for the week for this week. Thank you very much indeed, Shane. No, I saw it come to my mind, and I haven't discussed this list as with Shane before. I'm going to say it, but it, maybe we maybe we mentioned this before. I find it very interesting actually when Shane goes through the saints uh, and he tells us about uh, saints and what they've done. A little bit of a brief, brief history of them, um, or a brief summary maybe of their life, uh, going back many centuries. But maybe you have a favourite saint. Maybe you'd like to find out a little bit more about your favourite saint. Um, maybe you might text us in. And just mention the saint's name and why you'd like some further information on that saint. And maybe we'll see what we can do for you. If you text us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. It might be a saint that you've had an association with over, over, over many a year. Uh, a saint that accompanied you maybe in part of your life. Um, maybe just let us know. Just... just Maybe your first name, just, just need to go any further than that. And um, the saint's name. And maybe the reason why you'd like us maybe to find out a little bit more. And of course, I'm going to shove that onto my good friend Shane. And Shane, no doubt, will wreck his brains and find out some information for you. So, 87 if you'd like to maybe find out a bit more about your own favourite saint. In the meantime, uh, this part of the programme is where we pray our spirit of communion prayer and this is for all those which includes most of us these days I suppose who can't get to Mass uh, and receive Holy Communion receive Jesus in the most blessed sacrament for those times who can't get to Mass we can still reach out to him by making a spirit of communion prayer and this is the prayer we always pray here on the programme each Sunday my Jesus I desire to receive you into my soul since I cannot now receive you sacramentally <coughs> come spiritually into my soul I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So there we go for our first bit of music this morning. It's by the Maranatha singers. And the reason why I'm playing this is because I think maybe the words of it might help us all as we're trudging away through these, these trying times. It's by the Maranatha singers and it's entitled In His Time. So join us again in part two, where, as I said, Barbara and Jared Henley will share some of their faith story with us. Join us then.
Welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Kelly, still joined by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Skype line. And about six weeks ago, I caught up with friends of mine, Barbara and Jared Hanley, and asked them to share some of their faith journey with us. So today, we're going to broadcast that interview, started with Barbara. Okay, I will, John. Um... I was thinking about this before I came on, you know, where would I start with this story? <clears throat> and I'm just thinking, I think for me it started when I was around 12 years of age. Um, at home, we used to have, um, I think all families used to have this big Bible at home. And, um, it always fascinated me. It was an amazing book uh, but there was a sort of a you know a sense of fear around it as well you know the bible it was sort of like this book that was up up on a shelf and it wasn't really accessible to anybody but I remember reading and um, there was a prayer in the front of that and it was a prayer to the holy spirit come holy spirit fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love and I remember saying that prayer and even though I was very young, there was something about that prayer that moved me deep within me at that young age. I didn't know what it was. I don't know how to describe it any better than that, only that it was something stirred inside me. And I knew that prayer was the, you know, was the start of it. And I continued praying that. I didn't continue it every day now, but I prayed it. I prayed it very, very often. And um, I think that was kind of the start of that whole uh, sense of an awakening of the Holy Spirit within my life. Um, I come from a family of 10. 
the three girls, seven boys. And my father used to say that the girls were very expensive and that's why we only had three girls in the family. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so that was, you know, like I was... Um, I was kind of a shy child. I was, I was, I was quite timid. I had a very, very bad stemmer, and um, I was quite a nervous child, really. And but I was very uh, sensitive and very perceptive. I think at a very young age. I think you know when you have something like that. You know when you have something, you know, like a stemmer like that, it does make you kind of very, very sensitive because you're, you know, you're, you know, you're more. Um, I don't know, you're just more perceptive, I suppose, is the best word, you know, to describe that. Um, uh, we came from, um, I suppose, a noisy family with seven boys, you can imagine. <clears throat> and um, I think my father was instrumental in passing on the faith, you know, to me, I think, more than more than my mother. I suppose my mother was very busy with a lot of children, but I do remember my father being quite devout. And he had a sister who was a nun. The holy nun, as we often would refer to her when she'd come and visit. <clears throat> so, um, like, you know, that would be, you know, where I came in the family. And at a very young age, uh, Jer and I met, actually, my husband. We were childhood sweethearts. And, you know, like I said, we came from a very sort of a noisy, boisterous family. And um, there was a certain amount of sort of... Uh, Hardship in the rearing, I don't mean hardship now that we were, you know, a hard, you know, a poor hardship, but harsh kind of like, you know, you got on with it and, you know, there was no time for, you know, pussyfooting around you like you just had things to do when you got on and did them, you know. When I met her, he had a different family. Um, and that was the first thing I remember when I, you know, when I went to meet his family, what I became aware of was... Um, there was uh, a lovely gentleness in his family and um, just, I remember thinking it was very, very different to my family. And I remember thinking it wasn't real. There was something that wasn't real about it. And I remember thinking, well, do you know what now? There's nobody this happy and I'm going to be here someday and the whole thing is all going to fall apart and, you know, this just isn't real. But that never happened. Um the the one thing I remember about his family is his mum in particular. She was a, a woman of prayer. You know, her name was Frances. And my mother's name was Frances too. Um, she was a woman of prayer. I always remember seeing her praying. And I remember being quite fascinated about that. She had a lovely serenity about her. A lovely gentleness about her. And uh, that's something that I really... Um, I really... I wanted to aspire to that. Um... Jer and I anyway went on, you know, actually before that, um, Jer and I used to go up to the Redemptorist for the, you know, when we were quite young, we were about 16 or 17, well, about 17 or 18. And we used to go to the Redemptorist, uh, to the Novena on a Saturday night. And um, we'd do that. And then we'd go off dancing on a Saturday night after that. We'd go to the half seven Novena or seven, a quarter past seven Novena. And then we go off dancing. And do you know what? It was lovely. And I remember just a funny thing one time. I remember thinking one time, do you know what? I've enough of this old novena. I just want to go out now and go out earlier and have a good time earlier in the night and go off dancing later. And I remember Jar came down and um, 
I stood at the door and I said to him, um, I don't want to go up to the novena at all. Um, now, I said, it's either me now or Our Lady. <laughs> he went up. <laughs> exactly. What was I thinking? He turned on his feet anyway, and he went up to the novena. He came back down later, and of course we'd forgotten about the whole thing. I did. I never tried that again. But you know, you know, we got married anyway, and um, we, you know, we had our family, and um, we always had a sense of of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We always prayed. We always went to mass, and um, but we were searching for something maybe a little bit more. There was a time in our lives when we were kind of searching for something a little bit more. And uh, even though we had tried a couple of different prayer groups, um, I knew this man. Um, he was actually a, a supplier of mine at work. And um, he was involved in a prayer in a prayer group in St. Paul's. So we said we'd give that a try. And um, we happened to arrive on that Thursday night and it was the second night of the Life in the Spirit seminars. So we kind of stayed going with it. And uh, that was something very, very new for us. And we had a real sense that uh, the couple and the people involved with the, you know, the Life in the Spirit seminars, they took a real interest in us. And, and you know, I felt that. I actually felt that we were, you know, they wanted us there and they were interested in us. And, um, and we were curious as well. And we wanted to take our faith further because we had had this you know Jerry and I had had this um you know we met through you know we always felt that you know going to mass uh, going to the novena on the Saturday night there was a sort of a golden thread all the time going through our lives and somewhere along the line it it got a little bit sort of lost and you know when you're busy with family and I was self-employed so there's a lot of things going on we were very very busy in our lives even though we would always have prayed uh, always prayed and that would have been central to our lives really any decisions we made we would always pray about it pray together um, but anyway we started at the prayer meeting uh, in St Paul's and we did the life and the spirit seminars and by the time it came to the end of that, really something, something had changed altogether. I think the way I would describe it is, you know, for me anyway, my faith became more mature. And the scriptures, in particular, when I go to mass, the scriptures just suddenly seemed to kind of scream at me. And just in a new way, they just came alive. And I, you know, I had a hunger as well in my own life to read the scriptures more. And we continued going to the prayer to the prayer meeting, and we were very, very blessed with John and Adriana. They were the couple that, you know, we were, you know, they were, you know, John was a supplier of mine at work. I'm, I'm a hairdresser, and uh, um, so they took a real nurturing interest in us, and. Um, after the Life in the Spirit seminars, they used to do these um, on a Monday night. They invited us along and they even supplied us with a babysitter at the time. It was just wonderful, really, the way it all kind of came together. Their daughters were young teenagers and they used to babysit for our children who were very young at the time. And um, 
we'd go to the Monday night and we'd listen to the tapes. There was teaching tapes, like there was Francis Hogan, Ralph Martin, Richard Rohr, a whole load of key speakers like that. Now, an awful lot of it, I have to say, at the time would have gone over my head. Um, But the strange thing about that is I had a sense deep within me that, um, you know, not to worry about not really understanding what I'm hearing. Uh, Don't worry about that. Take, you know, kind of I took what I needed from from it. But, you know, the amazing thing about that is I many, many times in my life, years after all of that was all finished, all the, you know, going to the Monday nights, many, many times I would hear something maybe at a conference we used to go to the conferences in Dublin, the Charismatic Adul conferences in Dublin, or meeting people within those conferences or sharing my faith with different people. Or, like, I found that those things that, you know, those um, scriptures that we had, that, you know, I would hear in John and Adriana's house that I didn't understand back then, something, you know, would somebody would say something and I would suddenly link back to it I always found that there was a link with something that would be said or something that would be happening in my life um there was always a link back to those nurturing years of listening to those teaching tapes and it all kind of um it's like being revealed or unfolded you know not all at once because that wasn't necessary but definitely in those key moments I found that that happened. And I find that extraordinary. I really did. Um, That really, that golden thread, as I called really, as I called it, really continued through our life. And I suppose what, you know, we often talk about the Holy Spirit and you think, oh, you know, what does that mean? But for us, it was actually very real because it was really woven into our lives. even with our children when they were younger, um, we'd always, like, our, I, I remember when they were sick, we'd lay our hands on them and we'd pray with them. And um, it was just natural to us, really. And it was natural for our children to see us doing that. And um, many, many times, you, especially now, you know, babies, when, when they'd be sick and they'd have a temperature and you wouldn't know what was wrong with them. And many times we, we saw them you know, calmer. Like, you know, it isn't that you didn't have to bring them to the doctor. There's many times we did have to bring them to the doctor, but thank God they were never very sick children. Thank God for that. And I do believe that was because we prayed. We prayed all the time. We prayed for their health. Um, when they'd go out, out to school in the morning, we'd say our prayers together as a family, always. We'd say our um, our morning prayers. We'd say our prayer before having our dinner, we still do that. We'd say our grace before meals. We'd um, pray with them going to bed and bless them with holy water. We'd always have holy water in our house. And they were the things really, they were the fruits, I think, of the Holy Spirit in our lives was we had a joy. We had a happiness, we had a harmony within our home life. Everything wasn't perfect. Like, you know, we had a lot of uh, of financial difficulties in our life and uh, they could have impacted us very, very neg- you know, negatively on our relationship, even as husband and wife, because they were very, you know, we had, you know, we had a lot of things going on. 
but we I truly believe that if we weren't if we didn't have the Holy Spirit in our lives and a prayer and that discipline of prayer in our lives I really do believe that things would be an awful lot different um, and that was I suppose really what the reality of having the Holy Spirit and the Lord in our lives and being faithful as well you know We've always we've always been faithful to going to mass. I try to go, you know, a couple of times a week. Now in COVID, you know, the times of you know, you know, during this um, pandemic, um, it's a joy to be able to go online and you know have mass every morning and go different places. It's lovely. We often say, you know, will we go to Kerry this morning or will we go to Cork or, or will we stay in Limerick, you know, have masses in different places and that's lovely. So that's still continuing in our lives. Um, that, I suppose that's kind of more or less um, a little flavour of, of my story or of my, of my testimony um, of the Holy Spirit working in my life. So thanks, uh, thanks to... Baba Henry for sharing some of her story with us this morning. And now we can listen to her husband, Jared, share his thoughts. Jared Henley, um, um, Barbara's husband. Uh, and Jared, would you like to share a few thoughts yourself and maybe how the Holy Spirit has touched your life or general thoughts about the Holy Spirit? Yeah, just to follow on there from what Barbara said earlier about uh, going up to the Novena, it, it was a tough choice. <laughs> And keeps reminding me of it, you know. So, uh, good morning again, John. Um, yeah, the Holy Spirit, um, one of the things that um, common sense is one of the first gifts. And I need a lot of that common sense. So the Holy Spirit um, has been a great um, leveler for me, you know, a, a guiding me. Um, throughout my life, and at this moment, we say in the with the pandemic, the COVID nineteen, and that, you know, then our normal everyday life has been um, completely changed. You know, from being able to get to mass and do the usual, you know, pop into the church, and that that has all changed. But what we've, I found now at the moment is that there's even more of a, a reverence, a more of um, um, a time to reflect, you know, being able to, as Barbara said earlier, being able to log in to the different churches. Um, at the moment, we were, we're logging into Galway, into the Clada, the Dominicans, and there's some wonderful teachings there. And to be able to reflect then throughout the day on what we heard that morning, you know, there was one brother who died there recently, um, Brother Christy, and when I tuned into the Mass, um, it, it spoke about his life, and the priest started off by saying, who was the most important person at Mass? And he said, he, he normally says this to the First Holy Communion children. So he said, God is. And this Brother Christy had said, you know, to focus on Christ, focus on God. And one of the things that struck me in that was he was involved, he used to cook for them, he'd bring them to 
the A and E when they were sick. He decorated the church. He looked after the garden, and on one occasion, he had these, even if you go to Galway today, there's, there's these magnificent roses in 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 the outside in the garden, and he said, you know, if people stop and admire the roses and smell them, isn't that a prayer? And I was thinking at the moment we've, we're having one of the most beautiful spring times coming into summer now, but nature is just bursting. And, you know, it's God's creation. In the beginning, God created the world and everything in it. And, you know, Pope Francis speaks so much about how we're, you know, all involved, you know, with nature. We can't separate it. Like if we're going to destroy the world, the earth, you know, we're going to be destroyed ourselves. So, like to to have this new image of of um, of nature and you know God's presence around us. So, anyway, following on then, um, prayer is is you know the, the usual up in the morning and do your your daily prayers. Um, I'm blessed at the moment that I can go to work. I work in, in the railway. So, you know, even though the, the, the things have changed slightly in the transport side with less people traveling. But, you know, to witness is a little bit dif- difficult um, because of the, uh, you know, the, the situation at the moment. But, you know, the, I was able to say, say to people at work, you know, you can tune into mass. Just little practical things you can tune into the into the to get mass on, and and they didn't actually realise that they could. Um, the Holy Spirit. I feel that the Holy Spirit has been present in our family and is present in in lots of families, but they might realise it. That you know the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, it's a family. You know, and the Holy Spirit is that love that is developed within within a family. You know, the husband and wife and and the children. But it's the Holy Spirit that binds all this together. You know, it's it's this love between a spouse and and the love between the children and the, the parents. Now, that's not always the case, but you know that that is the essence of it. Like, with the, you know. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, your life is completely changed. You know, you, you, you up to that, you, you just you were just living, existing maybe, or just living the best life you could. But now, it's it's completely transformed. And now it's not to say that you don't have you know that you fall back, but you're constantly growing. You're on a journey, you know, and on that faith journey, you have you have people that are further down the road than you. They have more experience, spiritual, spiritually more experienced, you know, they have more knowledge. And when you meet people like that, that they pass that knowledge onto you, like the, the disciples, when they went to different um, towns and villages, that they were able to teach. And it's the same with it, you know, you need to be growing all the time, and that's true. You know, reading scripture, reading the lives of the saints, reading, you know, good uh, quality um, uh, teaching, that listening to, you know. And then when you meet people, 
that are um, spiritually, we say, mature, they will help you in your, on your journey, you know. Um, you know, Jesus said that you have to take courage. He sent his Holy Spirit, and he's given us the Eucharist, and he's given us the church. And I think that, the, you know, the family has all that, you know, in those elements. Um, so this morning, um, when I was doing our prayers, what came to me was that God loves you and wants to bless every area of your life. We now have to go for our piece of music. Uh, it's from the Emmanuel Community's album, Rejoice. And this one is entitled, Holy Spirit Come. So welcome back again to Sacred Space, 102 FM, uh, Come and See Inspirations production, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. My name is John Keeley. Thanks for staying with us. And of course, Shane Ambrose is still with me under, under the Skype line. And I, I, thought, I hope people um, just got something from the from the few little words that Barbara and Jared Hanley shared with us there in part two. But now this is the most important part of our program this morning, is where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, there's a prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Shane might pray that for us this morning. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken again from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verse 1 to 23. Jesus left the house and sat by the lakeside. But such crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat there. People all stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables. He said, Imagine a sower going out to sow. And he sowed. Some seeds fell on the edge of the path, and birds came and ate them up. Others fell in patches of rock, where they found little soil, and sprang up straight away. 
because there was no depth of earth. But as soon as the sun came up, they were scorched, and having no roots, they withered away. Others fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Others fell on rich soil, produced their crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Listen to anyone who has ears. Then the disciples went up to him and asked, Why do you talk to them in parables? Because, he replied, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are revealed to you, but they're not revealed to them. For anyone who has will be given more, and he will have, and he will have more than enough. But from anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The reason I talk to them in parables is that they look like they look without seeing and listen without hearing or understanding. So in their case, this prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled. You will listen and listen again, but not understand. See and see again, but not perceived. For the heart of this nation has grown coarse. Their ears are dull of hearing, and they have shut their eyes for fear that they should see with their eyes. Hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and be converted, and be healed by me. Happy are your eyes because they see, our ears, your ears because they hear. I tell you solemnly, many prophets and holy men long to see what you see, and never saw it, to hear what you hear, and never heard it. You, therefore, are to hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom without understanding, the evil one comes and carries off what has been sown in his heart. This is the man who received the seed on the edge of the path. The one who received it on patches of rock is the man who hears the word and welcomes it at once with joy. But he has no root in him. He does not last. Yet let some trial come, or some persecution on account of the word, and he falls away at once. The one who received the seed in thorns is the man who hears the word. But the waters of this world and the lure of riches choke the word, and so he produces nothing. And the one who received the seed in rich soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He is the one who yields a harvest and produces now a hundredfold, now sixty, now thirty. So that's the gospel for today, is it the fifteenth Sunday in ordinary time? A gospel we've heard so often, uh, Shane, and it's got loads and loads of meaning. You might be able to start to break up a little bit of it for us, please. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long gospel today. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like we'll try it. We'll try and work down through some bits of it, I suppose, and and see what 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 way it approaches or people can approach it. Um, I suppose, as you said, John, it's a very it's a very familiar gospel to us, and of course, the problem is familiarity breeds contempt. Now, it comes from a section in Matthew's Gospel, uh, which has a number of parables in it um, for us to re- 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 reflect and do lexio on. But in this particular one, I suppose there's, there's a couple of things. We have the presentation of the parable. Then we have the, the disciples interrogating Jesus about it, and he just explaining why he speaks in parables. And then we have his own interpretation of the parable it's one of the few parables we have whether jesus actually gives us and his his take on it is and what it is and what's what he's trying to get across um i suppose 
the, the, the thing about it as well is, I suppose, when we talk about the sower and the parable of the sower, um, it's aimed at each person that's listening, you know, and very much those that are hearing what's being proclaimed or what's being said or what's being what you're reading. And obviously, there are varying degrees of receptivity to the word of God in our lives. And at one stage or another, I suppose it would be fair to say that we are at one step or another, like Jesus speaks about in the parable. Um, you know, it can seem at times, I suppose, that our life is maybe arid and maybe unpromising. Um, but I suppose the idea is that, or one of the key things would be, is that, um, you know, we, however, it all it takes is a small space for that seed to fall into, um, to find fertile ground and um, to see, um, you know, what grace that God would grant to those for us who hunger for the, his word um, and trying to be receptive to what he has to say. And I suppose it's 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 an interesting one, I suppose. We can look at it in different ways. So I suppose the first section, Jesus, is the presentation that give, Luke is, is giving us the context where it is happening. Sat by the lakeside and he got into the boat. Now, I often wondered about that, John, actually. Why would Jesus go out into the boat? And I read somewhere, I'm not sure where, um, that it was because by sitting on the lake, um, it acted like an amphitheater. So it actually spread out what Jesus was saying without him having to overly exert himself, obviously in a time yeah, when I there was that. no microphones. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so it was an interesting one. But then he said, he goes through, he goes through the, the parable itself, a sower sowing the seed and the different ones. And what happens where the seed falls in terms of you know the, bird, the edge of the past, the birds of the air, patches of rock and all, so on and so forth and then he says listen anyone who has ears and for me actually that was one of the sentences that jumped out in this week's gospel rather than any of the rest of them because it's basically it's the invitation for us to hear and listen to what's being said and one of the things i suppose is that um it's always a free gift in the sense that you are invited to uh, respond and react and uh, take in what it is that you hear when, when, you, when you encounter scripture. Mm -hmm. Like we say each week with Lexio Divina, you know, it's how it's, it's a text that was written or composed maybe 2000 years ago, but it still it speaks to us in the world today. It's not something that's just a dead text but it's still the word of God that we, if we are open to its prompting, if we're open to what is said, can provide for us a means and a way of, of guiding us and discerning for us in the way that we live. And I think for me, that's very much, I suppose, the challenge of this Sunday's gospel is to ask ourselves, which one of those are we? Of those different characters or those different places, rather, where Jesus describes the seed falling, which of where do we stand? Where are we on our journey with that at the moment? Because of course it is a journey, and it's a, it's 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 not a stationary point. You can be it's a, what's the word that's used? It's it's you know you can you you can be somewhere on that spectrum if you like of being able to encounter the word of God and how well it can speak to you at a moment in time. And I think that's very important to say to people as well that 
when we talk about prayer, we talk about uh, making space for God in our lives. We have to have the recognition and the 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 the, the, the consideration that people are at different places at different times. And at different times and at different places in your lives, different ways of prayer and encounter will work for you in terms of how you can experience the divine in your life. And I think for me, that's something that comes across as well in this Sunday's Gospel, is the fact that prayer isn't just one way of doing it. Um, you know, sometimes you can have people that say, well, the only way to do, to, 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 to pray is to do X or to do Y. And you have to be able to say to people, well, no, actually, that's not quite true. Mm. Um, in terms of, you know, prayer is very much a conversation between the individual and God, and that is as unique as each individual is unique. Um, then in terms of the central section of this Sunday's Gospel, you know, he says, the mysteries of the kingdom are revealed to you, but they're not revealed for them. And he speaks about the issue of the being of the heart of the people being open to the word of God. And it's something, I suppose, that we, we have to remind ourselves as well, that as well as us as individuals being aware and open to God's word, there's also the responsibility that we have to challenge the wider community and the wider society in which we live to listen to the message. And I suppose that's one of the things that we, we, we have to be conscious of, particularly in this world today, that, you know, we have an obligation, a duty, and a right to be able to share that message. You know, people are free to reject it, as Christ himself said in the sowing, mm -hmm. in the sowing of the seeds. But we have, we have the duty, the obligation, but also the right to proclaim that message without fear or favor, um, um, you know, in, 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 in the world. Um, you know, it's not a case of, you know, we have freedom of religion versus freedom of worship. You know, we freedom of worship confines things within the walls of a church. That's not what it is. We have a freedom to participate, to air our views, informed by faith, in the wider public space, just as much as anybody else does. But going back to this Sunday's Gospel, I think for me, John, I think the key thing is very much a case of what does it say to you this Sunday about where you are at this moment in time in being able to listen to the Word of God? And also, I suppose to give each of us a degree of recognition that our journeys are unique to each of us and that we are on a journey which by its nature we will have good days and we will have bad days in terms of our prayer life and our space for God. But the important thing is consistency and coming back to it again and again. Shane, thank you very much, Nate, for sharing that with us. Thank you. When, when each of us try as best we can, when we meet people in our daily lives, we try to sow that seed ourselves, you know. We, we try to bring the Word of God and the, and the good news to other people. We shouldn't get disappointed that we don't see results. God is very generous. God shares his seeds. And it's, you see in that gospel today, he threw it everywhere. And he landed on, it landed in, in all sorts of places. God will, will, will let, we do what, we, what we're supposed to do which is, as best we can, sow the seed. Let God do the rest. It's his word, it's, it's his plan, and I think we should leave it all to him. Anyway, that brings us about the end, the end of the programme. I've just kind of slightly over time there. Shane, thanks a lot for staying with me and reflecting for us this morning. There's a beautiful piece of music that you picked that, um, uh, by Audrey Assad. 
Uh, yes, this one was I was playing around in my head today, and I had it on YouTube a couple of times during the week, and I just thought it was important. Maybe it's a song about, in some ways, positivity, and I thought it was a good way to end this morning's program. Shane, thanks for that. So this is by Audrey Assad, I Shall Not Want. So until next week, for myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us. I'm going to try and do it all again next week. God bless you all now. Bye. Bye. I shall not walk. I shall.